The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Well, good morning, New Song Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Hey, do me a favor and help me welcome everybody watching online right now. Church, let's let them know we're so glad that you're with us today. So good to see you this morning. Wasn't worship amazing? Good night. That was awesome. Uh, Also, I I love that video. I I literally was just sitting there just now and I was kind of getting a little emotional because, man, I love... What, what that video says, that, that church isn't just experienced here with us this morning, that little kids are back there, they're hearing what God has to say about them, they're learning about who Jesus is, they're learning about what the word says about them, and they're declaring that same word declaration. You know, that word declaration, that was invented for them. We just put it in here for you guys too, but we started that back there for those kids. And uh, I just love that. And I, I wanna encourage you, if you're looking for a place to serve here at the church, Man, kids is an awesome place. And I love what the kids said at the beginning of that video when it was talking about what they like about about church. They talked about how it's fun and the games and stuff like that. And listen, you may say, well, it feels like you're kind of cheating there. We're not cheating. We understand something about kids. If kids aren't having fun, they're not gonna learn, right? Kids, the currency of kids is fun. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I was driven by fun. Kids want to have fun. They are looking for fun. And so we, what we say in New Song Church is we want to help people know God. In children's ministry, how we do that is we have fun and we know God. That's what we say back there. So if you're someone that likes to have fun and is willing to come help kids have fun, you don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to be the most gifted storyteller or whatever. You just have to be willing to be someone who's willing to step back in there and play a game with a kid, have fun, be creative with them. Hey, kids is a great place for you and I encourage you to get connected. All right, go ahead and get out your app right now, your new song app. Hopefully you have that downloaded and go to the message section there with me. And at the top of it, it says check in. So go ahead and do that. Let people know you're at New Song Church, that worship was on point, that Pastor Josh and David Terry dressed alike today. And that was not on purpose. In fact, last night I was getting my clothes out and I had a moment where I felt like, you know what, I should probably let David know. I just had a feeling. It was the Holy Spirit. And I, it was a check. And I bounced the check. I didn't listen. So you got to listen. Don't bounce those Holy Spirit checks because now we look like Twinkies, but it is what it is. But let people know you're here, that God is moving in this place and invite them to come with you. And then you can also follow along with me in the message today. Uh, Next Sunday night is worship night at New Song Church. And if you've, yes, it's going to be awesome. If you've never been to a New Song worship night before, they are always an incredible experience. And uh, our anticipation and expectation for this night is high. Uh, I believe that God's going to do something amazing. In fact, one of the things I'm really excited about is we're going to be debuting a song next week that is an original that our worship team has put together. And uh, so I'm really pumped about that. It's a really great song. So make sure you're here with us next week. Uh, I'd encourage you, if you have children, you need to get those kids checked into childcare like yesterday because childcare goes quickly. It's first come, first serve, and it fills up. So make sure you get your kids registered for childcare. If not, get a babysitter because uh, you're gonna wanna be here. And then I'd also encourage you to invite people. Um, as full as this place is right now, Let's try to find some other space. And by the way, there, just so you guys know, just a reminder, there are two other services at New Song Church. Just throwing that out there. Just throwing it out there, right? 
And to kind of go along with that today with this idea of worship night, I want to talk to you about worship today because I want to help you prepare for what I believe God is going to do. And I want our heart to be focused in the right direction when it comes to this worship night coming up and when it comes to just the direction of your life. So I want to talk to you about worship today. I want to talk to you, when I, when, when I say this, I'm talking about corporate worship, what we do today, like what we do and just did for 23 minutes in a worship service on a weekly basis. But I'm also talking about your life, how you live the, your life, the, the whole of your life, because you're supposed to live a life that is an offering of worship to God. And so today I'm calling this message more than able to worship, more than able to worship. Now, how many of you right now are going, they spelled that wrong? Some of you are in here thinking that right now. We didn't spell it wrong. Okay. Just so you know, it's spelled that way for a reason, because today I want to talk to you about Cain and Abel, and I want to look at how they brought worship to God. Cain and Abel in scripture are the first example of someone bringing worship to the Lord that we see in scripture. And, and actually what we see in them is a model. In fact, the New Testament shows us this. I'll show you this towards the end of the message that, that one brought true and proper worship to God and one bought, brought a version of worship to God that was false. It was a false religion. Okay, but before I can get into that, I have to talk to you a little bit about what worship is. Let's talk about worship for a moment, okay? There's a lot of different definitions of worship that exist out there. Uh, but I want to start with a very basic version, and then I want to build on this a little bit. So, so worship in its most basic form is two words. It's love expressed. Love expressed. If you're taking notes this morning, love expressed. And I encourage you to take notes this morning. I really feel like this week, uh, God gave me a kingdom revelation of what worship is. I've never heard anybody teach worship like this before, what I'm, what I'm going to share with you today. And I really believe that it's a revelation for this church. It's a revelation for the, for the church as a whole. And it's something that we're going to build our worship on here in this church. Okay, so worship is love expressed. Now think about that. Love, in order for it to be experienced, it has to be expressed, right? If you don't express love, it's not experienced. In fact, love that is not expressed is not love at all. Like you've probably heard that joke before where, where, you know, it's the woman, she comes to her husband and she says, you never tell me you love me anymore. And he says, well, hon, I told you 30 years ago, I love you. And if anything changes, I'll let you know. Husbands, that don't work. <laughs> you can't do that. That's not how it works. In order for love to be experienced, it has to be expressed. Now think about this. The most famous verse in the Bible is John three sixteen, And this verse speaks to the love of God and it speaks to the expression of God's love. What does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave, right? So he loved us, so he gave to us. What did he give to us? He gave us the gift of his son. So Jesus, when he came to this earth, he was a gift of love that came as an expression of the love of God. And what he did at the cross was the ultimate expression of God's love for you and for me. So what was Jesus? As a gift of love expressed at the cross, Jesus was three things. Number one, Jesus was a sacrificial gift. Jesus was a sacrificial gift. Number two, Jesus was a others-focused gift. And number three, Jesus was a gift of faith. He was a gift given in faith. Let me break this down for you a little bit, okay? First of all, Jesus was a sacrificial gift. Romans 5 Verse eight says it this way, God demonstrated, or in other words, he expressed, right? We're talking about love expressed. God demonstrated, he expressed his own love for us in this. So this is how he did it. 
while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Jesus died for us. At our worst, Jesus died for us. You know, if someone dies for you, how many of you would agree that that's a pretty good sacrificial gift of love to you, right? And that's what Jesus did. He was the ultimate expression of the love of God. He was a sacrificial gift. In fact, the Bible says it like this in John 15, 13. It says, greater love has no man than this, than that he laid down his own life for his friends. That's what Jesus did. He laid down his life as a sacrificial gift for you. Here's the second thing. Jesus was an others focused gift. Romans 5, verse 8, go back to it. It says, God demonstrated his own love for us. Everybody say us. In, in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for who? So, so the focus of Jesus' love was not on himself. It was on us. He demonstrated his love for us. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. In fact, when Jesus went to the cross, he went to the cross thinking about you. Hebrews 12 tells us that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. What was the joy set before him? Us. It was you and me. He was thinking about you. So he went to the cross. He sacrificially gave his life on the cross as a gift of love focused on you. Jesus was a gift of love focused on you. Here's the third thing. Jesus was a gift of faith. He was a faith gift. Romans 5 verse 8 once again says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died for you at your worst with no guarantee that you would choose him. He died for you in faith that you would choose him. Okay, so let me break this down for you. Jesus, as a gift of love, was was three things. He was a sacrificial gift focused on others, given in faith. And my friends, that is a picture of what true worship, true and proper worship is supposed to be. Let me show you this. Romans chapter 12 says it this way. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, that's talking about us, Christians, in view of the mercy of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now check out this next part. This is your true and proper worship. Okay, and in these verses, we see, in this verse here, Romans 12, we see a picture of what Jesus did on the cross, walked out, and how we're supposed to worship him. First of all, Jesus gave his life sacrificially, right? We're to, we're to our, our worship should be sacrificial. Romans 12, verse one, it says that we offer, an offer, we're making an offering to the Lord. It says we offer our bodies. That means our whole self. That means everything you are. That means worship is not just a segment of your life, it's your whole life. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. It's sacrificial. It says this is true and proper worship. Here's what I want you to see this morning. True and proper worship is sacrificial. That means true and proper worship. If you're worshiping God properly, you're going to have to sacrifice some stuff. It's going to cost you something. You're going to have to lay down your flesh sometimes. You're going to have to lay down what you desire sometimes. You're going to have to lay down how you feel sometimes. How do you know sometimes you come into a corporate setting of worship like this and you may not be feeling it, but it's not based on how you feel, is it? It's sacrificial. You're you're laying yourself down to honor and worship God. True and proper worship is God-focused. Jesus was focused on you, and now we focus on him. Look at what it says. It says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. To who? Say it with me. God. So we, we give our worship to God. It doesn't say offer your body as a living sacrifice for you. 
Is that what it says? No. no. We worship God, not for us, but to God. That's where our worship goes. It's, it's vertical. It goes in his direction. We're, we're expressing our love to him for his goodness. And really, that's what worship or love really is, if you think about it. Like real love expressed is not focused on you. It's focused on the person you're giving the love to. And this is, this is how God gave it to me this week. Love expressed in its highest form is expressed in a way that is focused on the person to whom it's being expressed to. I'll leave that up there for a minute so you can write it down. Unless it's in your notes, I don't know, maybe. Love expressed in its highest form is expressed in a way that is focused on the person to whom it's being expressed to. Now, let me, break the, let me, let me show you this, okay? Me and Sarah have been married for 16 years. And let's say that on our anniversary this year, I wanted to give her a gift. I wanted to express my love to her with a gift. So I decided, and I come to her, and I get her this gift. I come to her, and I say, "Hun, I got us two season tickets to the Dallas Cowboys. Guess what? That ain't speaking her love language right now. That's not a gift to her. That, that, I'm giving her a gift. I got you two tickets because I want to go. I'm really thinking about me in that moment and what I want. And you, oh, you don't want to go. I'll take somebody else with me, right? What, what would we say? Like that's, that's called manipulation, right? I'm not really giving you what you want. I'm giving you what I want. Really what I'm trying to do is get what I want. And listen, sometimes this is what we do in worship. We're not God focused. We're me focused. We come to God thinking, well, I got all these needs. I got all these desires. So right now, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this because if I do this good enough, maybe you'll give me what I want. That's called works, my friends. And that ain't how it works with God. Our, our worship is to be focused on him. I, I'm expressing my love to him. Here's what I want you to see. When you're worshiping God, God is the audience. You know, and a minute ago, we had the worship team up here, David and Aubrey and and the worship bands up here and their, their job, they're leading you in worship. And you need to understand something. Your job is not to watch them holding a coffee cup and, and judge them on how good of a job they did. Guess what? You are not the audience. Our worship team is not trying to please you. Yes, we want to make it possible for you to enter into the, to worship. But listen, we are helping lead you so we, all of us, can worship God because God is the audience. We're trying to please God with our, our, our expression of love. We're expressing to him the desire of God. Listen, th here's what's so great. God desires your worship, but not because he's just some guy, egotistical being that wants you to bow down to him because worship is love expressed and he wants your love because he loves you. Don't you, the people you love, don't you want them to love you back? That's how God is. He just wants you to love him back. And so we come to God with worship and we come into these settings. We ain't the audience. We're not trying to please you. We want this to be good so you can enter in, but it's about God. We're here for him. We're here to connect with him. We're, worship, we're worshiping him. And we do this because that's what he did for us. We focus on him because Jesus focused on you. And he sacrificially gave his life for you. So now through, through Jesus, we can sacrificially give our love to him. So we're focused on him. Here's the third thing is, is true and proper worship is faith-filled. It's faith-filled. Look at this. It says in Romans 12, 1, in view of God's mercy. In other words, here's another way of saying that, in response to God's mercy. 
Or let me say it like this, in response to what Jesus did for you on the cross. See, get this. When you come into worship, you're not trying to initiate a response. You're responding to what he's already initiated. You're worshiping because you're not worshiping to try to get a breakthrough. You're worshiping because you already have the breakthrough. Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus broke through. And so here's where faith comes in. Faith comes in in that you come here, and I'm guessing a lot of you came here today, and you got needs, and you got problems, and you got sickness, and you got desires, you got stuff going on in your life, but where true worship says, okay, I'm going to lay all of that to the side right now, because this isn't about me, God, this is about you, and I'm going to touch you with my love, I'm going to express my love to you and focus in on you right now, because you're bigger than my problems, and you've been faithful, and you'll continue to be faithful. You've already made a way and you're going to continue to make a way. This is true and proper worship. It is, here it is. It's a sacrificial, God-focused, faith-filled gift of love expressed to God. True and proper worship is a sacrificial, God-focused, faith-filled gift of love expressed to God. And in the Bible, Cain and Abel show us what, what real worship is and what false worship is from the very beginning. If you want to turn there, Genesis chapter 4. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, just to kind of set this up for you, is where the fall of man takes place. Adam and Eve sin. They eat of, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God tells them not to do this, and they do it. They disobey God. And when they do this, corruption enters into the world. Sin enters into the world. And now, because sin enters into the world and into man, there's a disconnection between God and man. Man is now made unholy because of sin. And so God and, and man cannot connect like they once could. And so what does God do? Well, Genesis 3.21 says that, that God takes these two animals and he kills them. And he makes a covering for, for Adam and Eve. And it's a picture of the wages of sin and what has to be done in order to deal with sin. The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. Sin always leads to death. In order for sin to be dealt with, something has to die. Someone has to die. And it's a picture of what Jesus, or what God does here is a picture of what Jesus is later going to do in the New Testament through the atonement. So uh, Adam and Eve have these two sons, Cain and Abel. And... And they grow up and there's a time when they're bringing uh, a sacrifice, an offering to God. Remember we said worship is sacrificial. So they're bringing this act of worship to God and they're doing it according to what God has asked them to do. Now this is the, the first expression of worship in the Bible, but we also know that it's not actually the first time this has ever happened. This has happened before. We understand that by the way that the, the, way that the text reads. But it says this in Genesis chapter four, verse, verse three. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Notice a couple of things. Respected there means he received it. It means he was able to do something with it. It actually means he consumed it. When, when Cain laid this offering out, God consumed it. It disappeared. Uh, and notice how it says Abel and his offering. Notice that, that Abel is connected to his offering. Verse five, but he did not respect, he did not receive, he did not do anything with Cain and his offering. 
And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Okay, so we got Cain and we have Abel. They're bringing an offering to the Lord. One is respected or received and one isn't. So what's the difference between the two? Well, let's look back at the text. You can see it here. It says this about Cain's offering. In the process, process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering. It says about Abel, Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat. Here's the difference. Abel brought his first and his best. Cain brought an offering and he brought it when he wanted to bring it. In fact, it says in the process of time. Here's what that means. It means uh, at the end of days. So here's, God has established at some point when they're supposed to bring their offering, where they're supposed to bring their offering, and what kind of offering they're supposed to bring. And he's given them a time for this, and Abel, or Cain, is bringing his offering to God at the last possible moment. So he's bringing him leftovers. And it's not his first, it says about Cain, it's his first, it's the fat, that means it's the best. Cain is just bringing whatever's left over. See, Cain's not operating in faith. He's not trusting God. He's not bringing God what he wants. Here's what Cain's doing. He's bringing what he wants when he wants to bring it. And what does God do? God says, I don't respect that. I can't do anything with that. Now, here's something you need to understand, church. I know I'm, I'm talking about your worship and how when you come to worship, you're not worshiping to try to get something from God, but you do need to understand something about the nature of God. God is a giver. God so loved that he gave, right? That's what God does. You can't give to God without him giving back to you. So you do need to understand when you express your love to God in worship, listen, because he's a giver, he's going to express love back to you. And when you express your love to God in the desire of his heart, which is your love, he's going to express love back to you in the desire and the need of your life. So you can go to God and worship and worship him when it's done the right way. You're, you can expect that something's gonna happen, that God's gonna show up in your life. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just not the motivation. The motivation is to touch God with your love, to focus on him. Okay, so Cain, but Cain, here's what Cain's doing. I, I don't, I'm not doing that. I'm bringing you what I wanna bring. I'm bringing it when I wanna bring it. And, and this is just how I'm gonna do it. And, and he's focusing on himself more than he is on God. He's not seeing God as the audience. He's thinking of himself as the audience. And, and you know, I talked about how God is, we're, we're not, God's the audience. We're not the audience. We don't get to judge. See, God's the judge of your worship. And here's the great thing about God. When he judges your worship, he's not judging it based on your skill. Praise God for that, huh? That's why the Bible says you make a joyful noise. Some of us, that's what we do in worship. We sound like a sheep band or something. It's goats falling over kind of stuff. But that, God doesn't care about that. He says, let, let everything that has breath. You got breath in your lungs this morning? Then you can worship and praise God. And you can be, here's the beautiful thing. You can be off rhythm. You can be tone deaf. But to God, it's a beautiful sound if your heart's right. And so listen, this, here's what happens. This takes away any excuse that you may have. Like, I, I don't, I'm not a good singer, so I'm not going to worship God. Well, okay, well, you're focusing on I, not God. Or, or I, I'm not going to do those things in worship because that's just not really who I am. I could show you verse after verse in Scripture that speaks to the desire of God for you in worship to lift up your hands, for you to clap, for you to shout, for you to bow, 
for you to dance? You say, Pastor Josh, is this that kind of church? A church that worships God? Yeah, it is. Okay, welcome to New Song Church. We're going to worship the Lord here fully. Give him what he desires. I can't show you all those verses, but it's there. Trust me. Here's my question for you this morning. Why don't you blank in worship? Fill in the blank. Why don't you lift your hands? Why don't you clap? Why don't you bow? Why don't you shout? I'll just let that sit there for a minute. I'm guessing that whatever you're filling the blank is right there, it begins with the letter I. I don't do that because I'm uncomfortable with that. I don't really want, I, I, I'm not that kind of per. Okay, here's the problem. You're focused on I and not God. It's not about you, it's about God. We express our love to God for who he is and we give him what he desires because he's given us everything we could ever want. You guys following me this morning? So the first thing, Cain, Cain just brought what he wanted to bring when he wanted to bring it. And God says, I don't receive that. Some of you, listen, God's not receiving. He's not respecting. He can't do anything with your offering because you're not bringing him true and proper worship. You're focusing on you. You're not really obeying God and what he's asking you to do sometimes. Here's the second difference is that uh, Abel brought a blood sacrifice and Cain brought fruits, fruits and vegetables. Now, here's why this is a problem. In Genesis 3, God shows us that in order for atonement to be made, there has to be a blood sacrifice. In order for sin to be dealt with, blood has to be shed. So when Abel brings a blood sacrifice, he is recognizing, God, I know there's sin in my life, there's rebellion in my heart, and I'm giving you this gift right now, and I'm saying to you, Lord, that I need your forgiveness. Cain just brings what he wants to bring. And what he's saying is, I don't want to deal with my rebellion. I don't want to deal with my sin. I just, this is what I'll give you. And I still want you to show up and I still want you to do what I want you to do, but I'm not going to really deal with the rebellion in my heart. And, and, and let me just tell you, church, and this may step on some toes this morning, but I don't really care because I love you. Sometimes you need your toes stomped on a little bit. This is the Bible, not me, not my opinion. But, but what I see, a problem I see in the, in the church today is there's a lot of people and we want to come to church and we want God, we want to connect with God and we want God to do what we want him to do. We want him to show up. We want him to bless our stuff, but we don't want to deal with our rebellion. We don't want to deal with our sin. We want to do what we want to do and we want God to just bless it. If you are coming to, listen, if you're coming to church if you're coming to the Lord and you know there's things in your life that are sinful, that are, that are against the word of God, which is the will of God, the word and the will of God, the word is the word of the will of God, and you're not willing to deal with it, my friends, listen, God doesn't respect your offering. God's not receiving that, and he can't do anything with that. You guys okay with me being real with you this morning? I want to help you. Look at what happens. And, and I want you to understand too, it's not just that God doesn't receive it. It hurts you. Yes. It affects you. Look at how it affects you. Look at what it does to Cain. God did not respect Cain and his offering. They're attached. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Here's what happens. He became mad and he became depressed. 
See, your worship is connected to your emotions. Some of you are emotionally off. Your anger is off. You're, you're mad all the time. You're frustrated all the time. You're depressed all the time. You're out of sorts all the time. You're just off and you're off because your worship is off. And look at what it goes on to say here, verse six. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? See, here's what God's doing. He's coming to you, just like I'm coming to you this morning. He's going, hey, let's deal with this. Let's get this right. This is gonna hurt you. This is gonna do damage. And, and look at what he says. Why are you so angry? Why are you so mad? Why is your countenance fallen? Why are you so depressed? Look at what he says. If you do well, in other words, if you worship well, if you'll change, if you'll get this right, will, not, will you not be accepted? I'll accept it if you'll just change. That's what God's saying to you today. And if you do not do well, look at this, this is huge. Sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. Now, when this speaks to sin lying at the door, it's not just talking about a sin, it's talking about, uh, it's talking about the demonic oppression of sin. It's talking about the devil, sin as a person. Its desire is for you. The desire of the devil is to steal, kill, and destroy you. And he wants to do that. And the idea here is that sin lies at the door. It's the idea of a predator and prey, that he is looking, that the enemy is looking for people that he can pounce on. If you know anything about a predator and prey, a predator is looking for the weak. It's looking for those that are disconnected. Hello? <laughs> Listen, when you're not worshiping God, you're disconnecting from God. You're disconnecting from his, his family, the church. You become weak in your emotions and the enemy can pounce on you. And some of you, that's what's happening. You're being pounced on. Look at what it says here. It says, but you should rule over it. You should rule over sin. You should be overcoming sin. You should be living the overcoming life. That's what Jesus came to do for you. That's what you should be experiencing. But some of you are being controlled by your sin. It's dominating you. Your emotions are dominating. Your anger is controlling you. Fear is leading you. Unforgiveness is driving you. You can't control your mouth. You can't control your immorality. You can't control your violence. Why? Because you're not worshiping God like you're supposed to. Remember, worship isn't just what we do in this setting. It's, it's our life. I'm preaching good this morning. And look at what it goes on to do. Look at verse eight, Genesis four. It came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. This is the first murder. So we see the first worship in the Bible here. And, and right beside it, when it's not done right, we see Cain going to this length of doing something that is just beyond what's kind of humanly thought of we would do, right? And, and, I, and I can't tell you how many times I've been in a counseling session or I've been talking to somebody and, and even I've been on the other side of this where I'm going, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I, 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 I did that. I can't believe, I've talked to people, I can't believe I, I, I did that. I cheated on my wife. I can't believe I did these things. People can't believe they did this. Why? Their worship is off because they're worshiping the God of I, their focus is on themselves. They are their own God. It's false religion. Okay, remember when I told you at the beginning of this message, I'm gonna go ahead and invite the band to come up at this time. Remember I told you at the beginning of this message how we see Cain and Abel in the New Testament, remember that? And when we see Cain, or we see Abel in the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 11, 
He personifies what true worship should look like. And this is amazing. As I read this this week, I was like, this is unbelievable how this all goes together. Remember what true worship is. It's a sacrificial, God-focused, faith-filled gift of love expressed to God. Now watch this. We see this in this first verse. We see, we see uh, Abel ticking every one of these boxes. Check this out. Hebrews 11:4. by faith. Okay, there's the faith part. By faith, Abel brought God, there's the God-focused part, a better offering, a sacrificial gift of worship than Cain did. There it is right there in the first verse. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings, of his worship. And by faith, Abel still speaks. He's still speaking to us today. Even though he died thousands of years ago, he's still speaking to us of what true worship should look like. Even though he's dead, it says, Abel brought a sacrificial, God-focused, faith-filled gift of love expressed to God. That's Abel in the New Testament. You ready for Cain? Cain is in Jude, book of Jude. It's just one chapter. And if you actually have a Bible app with you this morning or a Bible, you'll notice in the heading, this, this chapter is talking about what false religion looks like. Check this out. Let me just read you a couple of these verses. Verse four says, ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allowed us to live immoral lives. In other words, they're saying, because of what Jesus has done, I can just do whatever I wanna do. Because Jesus died on the cross for my sins, I can do whatever I wanna do. Instead of because Jesus died on the cross, I wanna do what he wants me to do. It's false religion. Look at this, the condemnation of such people was recorded long ago. Look at this, they have denied our master and Lord Jesus Christ. What have they denied him? True worship, sacrificial love that's focused on him, given in faith. They're denying that to God. Verse eight, these people live immoral lives. They defy authority and scoff at supernatural beings. Verse 10, these people scoff at things they do not understand like unthinking animals. They do whatever their instincts tell them. See a lot of this going on today. People wanna to live however they wanna live, do whatever I wanna do. Convenience is king. I'm gonna have sex with whoever, whatever I want to. If I wanna go in that bathroom, I'll go in that bathroom. If, that, if that's an inconvenience to me, I'll kill it. And so they bring about their own Destruction, the Bible says. What sorrow awaits them? Church, I'm trying to wake you up this morning. There's something beautiful God has for you. Now look at this, here it is. For they have gone. They follow in the footsteps of Cain. False religion. They follow in the footsteps of Cain who killed his brother. Here's what this is saying. The way of Cain leads to destruction. The way of Cain says, I'm gonna worship God how I wanna worship God, when I wanna worship God, I am my own God. That's the way of Cain. And it leads to destruction. What happens to Cain? He gets disconnected from God. He ends up living the rest of his life wandering, disconnected from a relationship with God. You know what the biblical definition of hell is, my friends? It is wandering for eternity, disconnected from God. Okay. I, I know that there's a little bit of heaviness here, but I want you to see there's something beautiful that God offers you in, in exchange. And that is true worship, true and proper worship. And what we see with Abel is something that's beautiful, but what we have is better than what he had. See, you're more than able to worship today. 
And here's why. When Abel brought his sacrifice, his offering of worship to God, he had to do it all right in his own. He had to bring the perfect, if you, if you study the atonement and what you had to do in the Old Testament, you had to bring a perfect lamb. The lamb had to be spotless. You had to sacrifice it just the right way. And if you didn't do everything right, it wouldn't be accepted. And even if it was accepted, it only covered your sins. But then Jesus came. And when he came on the scene, John the Baptist saw him that day when he was walking down to be baptized. He says, behold, the lamb of God who takes away our sins. Jesus came to be the perfect sacrifice for you. And so today you don't have to come up with a perfect sacrifice. You just have to believe in Jesus and the sacrifice he made for you. And now because of him, you can be forgiven. And his blood does a greater work than the blood of a lamb because it doesn't cover your sins. It erases your sins as far as the East is from the West. And you can receive of that today. You can have that today. And you can respond to that today. That's why we worship. We come to God and we respond to that incredible gift of love that he expressed to us. And we say, God, I love you. And I'm going to lift my hands. And I'm going to give you my shout. And I'm going to dance around. I don't care what anybody else thinks about me. I'm going to bow down. I'm going to hit my knees. I'm going to give you what you desire. Because you gave me everything I could ever need. I don't know about you. I sure love Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you've never connected with Jesus like you should. His gift is there for you. You can receive it. We're more than able to worship today. And my, my, here's what I, I, I say to you today. I, I tell you today, I urge you like Paul did, Romans 12. He said, I urge you, brothers and sisters, church, New Song Church, we're called to make a difference. We're called to impact this world. You're called to, God's got some things for you. So I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercy of God, in response to what Jesus has done for you, to offer your bodies, your life, the whole of you, everything you have, every moment of your life, offer it as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. It's not a 23 minute moment in a service, although it is that too. It's every moment of every day in honor and in love with Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here today and you don't know God, I want to give you an opportunity to come and receive of what he offers you today. Jesus loves you. That's why he went to the cross. He was thinking about you. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking about the mistakes you've made. You're focusing on you right now. Quit doing that. Focus on him. He died for you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care. Maybe I mentioned something today that you did that's really bad. It's really ugly. God says he loves you today and he died for you. He died to meet you where you are so he can forgive you and help you move into who he's called you to be. So if that's you today, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or maybe you're here today and you just know you're not right with God like you should be, and you know it's time to offer your body, to offer your life to Jesus Christ, to take that first step towards God and make this offering to him, I wanna invite you to pray a prayer with me. Church, let's pray this prayer. If this is you, pray this prayer after me. Repeat after me. And church, everybody pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for giving your son to die on the cross for my sins. I confess, I'm a sinner, I need a savior, and I believe that you died on the cross for me, and I believe 
you rose from the grave so I could be raised to new life in you. Lord, I give you my all. I give you my past, my present, my future, my all. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for making a way when there was no way. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's give him a hand. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.